Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, sports fans everywhere, we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up to receive your 100% welcome bonus. You heard me right 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. That's ridiculous. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 when signing up. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast of your first place Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. I am Sam Marku, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I am talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Sam, this podcast slaps absolutely differently after a fucking victory. 1-0 on the road in New England beat Bill Belichick, who had weeks to prepare for us, and we win a nail-biter, of course, and beat Mac Jones in his first NFL game, and we are victorious. 1-0 in the division, 1-0 in the AFC, and 1-0 in our hearts. Well, it's uh, we're going to put 15 minutes on the clock right now and just get this bad boy started because we have so much to unpack from that Patriots-Dolphins tilt uh, this past week, and uh, let's just go ahead and get it started. As you mentioned, we beat the New England Patriots just for the second time since 2008 in New England, home opener, uh, actually season opener. Uh, but not only that, not only did we beat New England, but the Bills lose, the Jets lose. That means the Miami Dolphins sit alone at the top of the AFC East, 1-0, while everyone else is winless. The Miami Dolphins have more wins than the entire AFC East here, Chris, and I am here for it. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can be the top of the division, <laughs> we're going to be happy about it, especially our division, where uh, other than the Jets, really, Buffalo and New England are going to be just um, and us are going to be in a dogfight for this. So anyway, we saw last year one game was the difference. So every game counts, especially with a 17 game schedule. And uh, I'd rather win than lose. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I would rather win ugly than lose pretty, as I heard somebody say before, once in a lifetime. But here's the thing. There's some stats here. I don't know that this game necessarily surprises me that the Miami Dolphins won. After all, you predicted that we would win. I predicted that we would win. Nolan Carroll last week predicted that we would win. Uh, Speaking of Nolan Carroll, one of his old teammates is going to be on this show here in segment number two, Mr. Jimmy Wilson, former defensive back. Uh, We love our defensive backs here in Perfectville, just almost as much as Brian Flores loves his his defensive backs on the team. Uh, He's going to talk bills he's going to talk his career he's going to talk all kinds of fun stuff but we'll get there right now i want to camp out on just a couple stats that uh people have thrown my way um as we all know Tua tunga vailoa is now 2-0 as a starter against the new england patriots um brian flores is now three and one in his last four games against the new england patriots the miami dolphins are five and three in their last eight games against the new england patriots this is only the second time since 2008 that the Miami Dolphins have won in New England. 
This is now the second time that Brian Flores has beat Bill Belichick in New England. So uh, looking at these and looking at the trends and the recent trends here, Chris, um, the Miami Dolphins on just about everything are better than the New England Patriots. Now, people are going to think that, wow, that's a homer, and maybe it is a little bit. But look about everything I just said. The Miami Dolphins have clearly been better than the New England Patriots, especially since Brian Flores has come to the Miami Dolphins. I don't see how anybody can dispute that. No, no. And this is what we all hoped for when uh, Tom Brady got to the end of his career. Uh, They weren't as talented uh, with the unit around him uh, with injuries and free agency and what have you, unruly fans. Uh, wedding crashers reference, but yeah, I mean, the Patriots are the, we're the top dog for 20 plus years. So you bring in Brian Flores, Patriot guy, uh, especially with the Patriots, not, uh, you know, being well known for their branch tree of Bill Belichick guys having success out there. Uh, and Flores is coming out and he's like, oh, okay, the, the, the student is now the master. And uh, no matter if it's a one point victory, it, 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 this is just something you mentioned. 2008, Sam, my son is starting high school next year. My son was born in 2008. It's the last wow. time we won on the road in New England. So, yes, this is a big deal. We usually lose those games. Instead, our defense held firm. Our offense kept the ball till we can kneel it. And that's all she wrote. Well, there's a couple of things here. I think it's the second time since 2008 that we've won in New England, but it's the second time for Brian Flores as well. He's only been here for a little over two seasons. So that tells you it was just an awful experience for Miami every single time they went to New England up until recently. Um, the New England Patriots dynasty is over and we're not, we're not saying anything that people didn't already know, uh, but it's nice to know that the Miami Dolphins had a strong hand in making sure that that dynasty was over. If you go back to the end of 2019, when the Miami Dolphins beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and bump them uh, to the point where they had to go on the road and ultimately lose and give the Chiefs, um, you know, basically a clear run to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Titans um, and Ryan Tannehill, of all things, in the playoffs. They had to go to the wild card round as opposed to a bye. Miami Dolphins helped make that happen. And then you look at what they've been able to do and just really start to, 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 to get talent and start to um, game plan to beat the opponents in the AFC East and especially against the New England Patriots. But let's get into this here a little bit here, Chris, because you and I talked during the game and a little bit after, and I think you said something that is, is what a lot of fans felt like after the game, but we've had a couple of days to digest everything. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way you had mentioned to me in a text that you've never felt, or maybe it was a tweet that you've never felt worse after a win. And I could see why you would say that, because if you look at the stats, time of possession, Patriots beat them. Beat the, beat the Dolphins. Uh, look at overall yards, both throwing and running. Patriots have it. You look at first downs, Patriots have it. Third down conversions, Patriots have it. Just about every single metric that you would look at if you're just looking at the box score would tell you that the Patriots won this game. The only thing that the Miami Dolphins had were more turnovers and less penalties. But everything else skewed to the New England Patriots. Yet at the end of the game, the Miami Dolphins are victorious. And when I was watching the game, I never felt like they were out of this game or that they were losing control of this game. I never had that moment of, uh-oh, here we go again. So the stats, the box score, everything about this game is kind of a lie. But I can understand why some people look at this and go, wow, Miami Dolphins escaped as opposed to, well, no, they actually controlled this game. Is that why you felt that way? Were you just watching this going, my God, the Patriots have the ball forever. They keep moving the ball. They keep driving the ball. When is it our turn? Is that why you had that gut feeling? And do you still feel that way? Yeah, I think the problem was during the game, Sam, is that uh, they've broken my heart and left me at the dance a million times. I just knew it was coming. 
um, because that is the uh, honestly the Patriots are normally us. Normally we win the box score. Normally we are winning the time in possession, and we just somehow end up losing the fucking game. And I just thought that's what we're going. To, to end up happening to us. So I wasn't really even able to enjoy it. I looked at my dad at one point during the game and we're up like 14, 10 or something like that. And I looked at him, I'm like, I feel like we're losing by 21 points, like, and, and we're winning. So they still have to score and like, get past us. So um, it was a weird, odd feeling. Now in retrospect and thinking about it, as I started the show is how I more feel now, which is it's a, it, it, we lose these games all the time. A win's a win. And for us to play as badly as we did or not up to the potential I think we could have and still come away with a victory in New England against Bill Belichick with multiple weeks to prepare, where normally he is just like rock solid after a bye week and um, time to prepare and still come out with a victory. Hey, we got to chalk that up for what it is. And it's a win. And I'm going to take it because now next time we play New England, it's in Miami and they split there all the time. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think that is, is, is the most poignant. This is on the road. It's against Bill Belichick, who had all offseason to prepare. And it starts the season for the first time in many years on a good foot, right? 1-0, and the Miami Dolphins are in first place. Uh, look, Tua Tungavailoa, he ran for a touchdown. He threw a pass to Jalen Waddle, who looked fantastic for his first game in the NFL. I think he had something like three or four catches for 60-some-odd yards, plus that touchdown. Uh, Devontae Parker, the only other wide receiver to catch a ball from Tua Tungavailoa in this game. Uh, I think he had four catches for 80-some-odd yards. People forgot Devontae Parker was on this team because he didn't play in preseason and didn't practice in training camp. Uh, but we have two bona fide weapons uh, that – that Tua Tagovailoa tapped into in this game. And that was, of course, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddell. I thought Miles Gaskin looked pretty good. I mean, we didn't utilize him as much as I think we may in the future. Mike Gesicki, he only had 21 snaps, but that was mainly because we had to go essentially match protection because we had a rookie left tackle uh, who had even been practicing at left tackle starting because Austin Jackson wasn't able to play in this game. The offensive line didn't look great, but they were Good enough, in my opinion. And to a tongue of Iloa, people are crapping on him. They're saying he didn't have great stats. And maybe that's true. He didn't have the greatest game. He threw a really bad interception and he should not have thrown that interception. But look at what he was able to do here, Chris. You look at the tape. He recognizes pressure. He scrambles out to give himself some time to actually make a play in some cases. He looks at JC Jackson said this like it was a bad thing. Like if his first off, if his first option isn't there, he just throws the ball to somebody else or you know throws it up. Well, yeah. And you know what? It worked. It worked. Effect. It was effective. He was an extremely good game manager. He understood what he was supposed to be doing out there. And against this New England Patriots defense that had a really, really, really good front seven, the fact that he was able to do anything, uh, I thought was remarkable. And a lot of it had to do with his own talent, creating some plays when the pocket and the pressure broke down, um, as opposed to having a clean pocket where he could sit back there and just you know do his taxes while throwing a long, long bomb. So I think he actually did pretty well. He played a little bit uphill with this offensive line and this defensive line in front of him. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, we had like zero running game. Mike Gusecki got me zero points in fantasy. Uh, Will Fuller was suspended. Albert Wilson was involved with a dime, but a great, uh, great play by the defensive player Mills. Um, you counting all that and we still won. <laughs> like, and if you look at the first drive of the game and the first offensive drive of the second half, when you see a scripted planned offense for Tua Tungavailoa down a couple weapons, he looked phenomenal. You know, making quick throws, getting it out of his hand quick, which is a perfect recipe when you don't have the best offensive line. What, if they're bad at blocking, 
make sure they block as least as possible. So snap, throw, snap, throw, slant, slant, slant. And it's there all the time. We're going to progress and get better. And that's why even if it looked ugly and even if we got a little lucky and even if like um, we're one or two breaks away from losing this game, we did. We won and we're only going to get better from here. Will Fuller back, Gusecki more involved, uh, the, the linemen gelling a little bit more, Tua more comfortable. And we got to remember, this guy has not even played a full NFL season yet. He's still in the midst of what, his ninth game, something like that, or 10th game. Uh, so it, we're going to only get better from here. So doing that and still being victorious in a uh, divisional game is all we can ask for. Yeah, he's now uh, 10 games as a starter. He's 7-3 and three as a starter in the NFL, the, is Tua Tungavailoa. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there were some breaks here that if had they – I think the Miami Dolphins in years past would have folded under the pressure. Uh, the biggest one, I think, was when Mac Jones uh, was sacked. Let's just call it what it was. He was sacked by Landon Roberts, uh, and the and the New England Patriots ref squad bailed him out, gave him an automatic first. And he was able to throw his first touchdown, which everybody apparently thought it was like a golden crusted football at that point. The way they kissed Mac Jones's ass. But um, if that doesn't get called, you know, and it's it's. It's borderline. I get it. You can't hit a quarterback low, but at the same time, there were some circumstances there. He didn't injure him. I mean, Mac Jones knows how to fall down. He proved that over and over and over again in this game. He wasn't injured whatsoever. He had all that layer of fat to protect him as he hit the ground. Um, (laughs) If that doesn't happen, the New England Patriots do not score a touchdown in this game, and we're talking about a completely different type of victory versus a one-point victory that the Miami Dolphins ultimately had. Something else to consider. Uh, The Miami Dolphins um, had a play in which the, the New England Patriots were drawn off sides, which means it's a free play for the Miami Dolphins. We had two wide receivers on the weak side that were running, you know, streak right, nine, nine routes to the end zone. Uh, and what happens? The New England Patriots ref squad calls it encroachment instead, which anybody can see it was not encroachment. It was offsides, which means it's a free play. The Miami Dolphins had a wide open wide receiver for Tua Tungavailoa to just basically float that thing. And you're talking about now two touchdown passes and a touchdown run for Tua Tungavailoa versus a dead play, which is what ended up happening right before the half. The refs fucked us when it came to that particular play. Uh, you also had a very bad controversial drop with Jalen Waddle, which he should have caught the ball. Uh, it could have been placed a little bit closer to the body. I understand that. But if he doesn't drop that, uh, all of a sudden you're talking about the Miami Dolphins maybe, maybe having closer to 30 points because if Jalen Waddle catches that, Chris, if he ha- catches it in stride and turns, there was not a Patriots defender in Boston let alone near him. And he would have just been running for days for yet another touchdown. But look, we're talking about three or four different plays that in the years past, I think the Miami Dolphins fold and say, well, this is why we can't win in New England. This is a different regime. This is a different coaching staff, different mindset, different culture for the Miami Dolphins. They took a look at that and said, okay, we'll absorb that hit and we're going to keep on going and we're going to do enough to win. Yeah, I think they've, um, they trust Brian Flores and their defense enough to know that they have some protections, kind of like that little brother uh, the scrappy do that talks a lot of crap because his, his bigger brother's right behind him and he knows he can't get hurt. Our guys go out there and yeah, something happens, the refs blow, blow a play. Um, th- that offsides one is, is almost as worse, worse or as bad as that uh, uh, roughing the passer because Aaron Rodgers would have half of his touchdown passes in his career. If the refs blew that play dead, that guy is known for going on two, getting them the jump, no consequence pass deep, and it's a 50-50 ball with no, like I said, no consequences because it's either a catch in a deep game or it's an interception, but it doesn't count because it's offside. We got that, and they completely blew it dead and ruined. I mean, that is a, a schemed play in football, and they completely ruined it. So that was almost as bad as that pass, uh, roughing the passer, which I still think that was 
absolutely ridiculous. He contacted the running back, made a beautiful play, beat a block, was sort of falling forward, still hit him in the hips, not like his knees or his extremities down low. And they throw that flag. And that flag was coming in hot before he even like hit Mac Jones. That referee was throwing that flag. You know, you came out of New England uns- with the win, but it was not unscathed. That kind of stuff right there keeps these bad team fans like us thinking of the conspiracy. Because, man, that was BS. It was BS. And you're right. We did not come out unscathed. Last thing I want to talk about, not to end on a downer, because the Dolphins did win and we are in first place, but Raekwon Davis, our mountain of a man defensive tackle, uh, goes down in the first series of the game here, Chris, with what looks like a knee injury. He was placed on IR, which means he's at a minimum out for the next three weeks. Uh, Hopefully, I mean, the guy is so big that he walked off and didn't take his uniform off, had his helmet on like he was going to go back in, obviously did not. But uh, he's going to be on the sidelines for at least the next three games if it's short-term IR. I guess we'll learn more uh, as we get closer to that point, the Miami Dolphins certainly are going to talk about it between now and whenever he comes back, if he comes back. But um, big loss for the Miami Dolphins defensive front with Raekwon Davis going out. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Um, this guy is a couple years into uh, the NFL now, and you're expecting big things from him. Uh, just tough. It, it looked so worse than it, than, it, than it was. And my son was like, oh, man, he's walking off. He should be fine. I'm like, I remember Adrian Peterson jogging off, and he had a completely torn knee. So you have no idea with these guys, Brian Flores today, uncommittal uh, if he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Right now, hopes look grim because it is a bad bad injury. A big dude fell right on it. And like you said, he's such a big guy. It's tough to come back from something like that and be as strong and powerful. Hopefully he's fine. Hopefully it's a sprain and he's back. But, yeah, minimum three weeks he's out. Hopefully we get the big guy back because uh, he's vital to our run defense. Yeah, he really is. And you know what? The Miami Dolphins, other than the very first run of the game, actually played pretty damn good run defense without him for the rest of that game. Now, the Patriots aren't necessarily the offensive juggernaut that other teams are, uh, but it's still a good sign. You always want to end with a win, which is how we're going to end this segment. The Miami Dolphins 1-0, beating the New England Patriots 17-16 in a barn burner of a game against the Alabama quarterbacks of Mac Jones and, of course, our very own beloved and possibly hated Tua Tungabailoa. We're going to come back right after these words. We're going to talk to Jimmy Wilson here, Chris, because not only do we have uh, the Patriots victory in our rearview mirror, but looking straight ahead, home opener, Buffalo Bills. Jimmy Wilson hates the Buffalo Bills. He's going to talk all about it. He's going to talk about not only hating them, but also hating some of the players on the teams and what happens when Jimmy Wilson and Buffalo Bills players get into the mix. So I can't wait to get into that with him. Uh, and then uh, we'll come back after that and give our own predictions. Talk about this Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins home opener week two matchup. But Jimmy Wilson coming up right after these words. Psst, citizens of Perfectville, can you keep a secret? Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for a contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Yeah, that's right. Sunglasses and shoes. What else do you need? Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And... If you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Welcome. 
Well, as we all know, Coach Flores of the Miami Dolphins love their defensive backfield and love their defensive backs. And you know what? Here in the town of Perfectville, we love them as well. Last week, we had Nolan Carroll. This week, we've got yet another former Miami Dolphins defensive back. We're talking, of course, about Jimmy Wilson. Jimmy, how you doing? Good, man. Fin- feeling real fins up today. Yeah, so you are uh, you spent the majority of your career with the Miami Dolphins, so you identify with the Miami Dolphins. I know you played yeah. elsewhere in the league as well, but uh, you and I have talked a little bit about this, and you were just you were fired up about this Miami Dolphins team here in 2021, are you not? Oh, definitely. It, they kind of remind me of the teams that we had back when I was playing through the 11 through 4, 15. A bunch of a bunch of guys, young guys, hungry and with the talent to do it. It's just gotta just gotta get over the hump and make it there. Jimmy, speak a little bit more about those young guys. There's one in particular. He was, I think, PFF's highest graded uh, rookie defensive back, and it's uh, our second round pick who could have been a first round pick when he, um, you know, sat out the COVID year last year. A lot of guys, Maurice Jones Drew has come out and like really said this is the best player in the draft, and that's Javon Holland. What have you seen from him in camp and uh, week one, especially against Bill Belichick that, uh, you know, really stood out to you? Well, it's really, it's really hard for like a young guy coming into the NFL for the first time. You got hype around you. You're, you're a second round draft pick. You got to make it happen. And um, just the fact that he can do it and he did it in camp and then come on the first game and do what he did, you know, it's showing a lot of promise for him. And that's and that's and that gets the wheels going and that gets the confidence up to, to, to know that the lights is on you and uh, to keep performing well. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had a forced fumble in that game, and uh, against Jonu Smith, who is a very talented, big tight end for the New England Patriots, and Javon just went in there, stuck his shoulder down, got that ball out, and then uh, casually walked off like it was another day at the office there, which was uh, kind of a badass move, if you ask me. Um, but uh, speaking of big hits, and uh, I, I wanted to bring this up. We had, like I said, we had Nolan Carroll on last week, and I shared a bit of trivia with Nolan to see if he knew his own stats, if he knew his own trivia. And uh, as I'm getting ready to talk to you, something stuck out. Um, stuck out to me as it did last week. And I went, huh, you know, these guys are former teammates. Um, as you said, he's your guy. You guys are friends. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I'm, I'm curious, do you know who your first career sack came against in the NFL? My first career sack? Who did I get? Oh, I can't, I can't even, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot remember. All right. That, that's because you hit the man hard, but uh, that was Mark Sanchez of oh, the New York yeah. Jets. <laughs> And the reason why that's important is that Nolan Carroll's first interception came against Mark Sanchez of the New York Jets. California kid, man. You got to give it up. (laughs) Well, there you go. You just proved San Diego is a little bit better than uh, Los Angeles right there. But, uh, yeah, you guys share a little bit of trivia. A couple of firsts for both of you guys. First interception for Nolan Carroll, Mark Sanchez. First career NFL sack for Jimmy Wilson against Mark Sanchez. I wish Mark Sanchez was still on the Jets. I really do. So, Sam, I'm glad you brought up Mark Sanchez. Jimmy, uh, looking through your uh, – you know, bringing up memories of watching you earlier uh, in your career with the Miami Dolphins and going through your Wikipedia and stats and stuff, these random quarterbacks are there. And we have this thing where we talk about these random – white random quarterbacks and uh <laughs> there's like colt mccoy mark sanchez michael vick is on your yeah. wikipedia can you please explain to me why colt mccoy is still in the league i i did not know that colt mccoy was still out there that was my first interception of the, of the nfl absolutely right so it, you know it's funny because we talk about this on the show quite a bit about you know, we knew that tool was going to be our starting quarterback, but before Jacoby Brissett signed, which we actually predicted on our show, we thought he'd be a perfect fit for the Miami Dolphins. We were like, what we don't want is that create a quarterback Madden league, you know, Colt McCoy type. I think we actually said Colt McCoy type, you know, Matt McGloin, these types of guys out there that just seem like they're, 
I don't know. Like, like we were, we were going through your Wikipedia and it was like a list of all the guys we didn't want to be the backup quarterback for Tua Tunga Bailoa in 2021. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jimmy got all these guys. He sacked them. He forced oh, yeah. fumbles. He got interceptions. He took care of all of them for us. We had Coach Todd Bowles there. He's my first DB coach in the NFL. And, and he put, he, he, told, he used to have us just thinking that we were invincible. And I'm sure that's what the D coordinator is doing right now. It's them guys telling about uh, coming up with Josh Allen. Just telling him, hey, this guy, just another guy. Go out there and you play your game. He'll make the mistakes and, and you, you guys are going to capitalize. And I just seem to be able to do that, you know, usually on Thursday nights or Monday nights. I was at a, uh, big games on the big, when the lights was on. Big game, James. Uh, kind of like James Wood did there for the Lakers back in the day. Now, you, you <laughs> mentioned Todd Bowles and uh, he made you guys feel invincible. Last week, we talked about Darren Rizzi and his just, let's just say, oh, excitement. Changed uh, my life. Coach, Coach Rizzi changed my life. He gave me a, a way to get on the, uh, the team as a seventh round pick. And the guy that had some things brought up before about him, and um, you know, I had the, I had the most. I think I'm time. I don't know if I'm still tied for the most block punts in, uh, in Dolphins history, but um, it's, it's we I got four in the first four years. So you know, he he always had a good scheme ran up for me and pretty much let me do what I want out there. So were those your two guys? Was it Todd Bowles and Darren Rizzi? Was there another coach that you just really you know impacted your professional career for the Dolphins? There was so there was so many good guys when when we were there from. You know, uh, sorry, you got fired, Jimmy Turner. We had we had a bunch of we had a bunch of like hard nosed football guys. Um, Coach Edwards. We had you know we had great great guys up there that that uh, knew the game that we respected well and that also had prowess on the on the field when they played. You know, we had guys like Dan Marino coming back in the locker room and you know uh, uh, Jason Taylor's and stuff coming in there. So we like we had a bunch of like superheroes around us. It felt like you brought wow. up you brought up Buffalo and Josh Allen uh, before. Let me kind of ask you this. We're, we're one in seven of our last eight games against Buffalo. So they really just seem to have our number. It seems like it's a different team every decade. It's the Patriots for, you know, 20 yeah. years. Tom Brady finally leaves, and now the Bills are kicking our butt. Uh, what's that like for a player when, you got, when you're on a streak like that and you really want to end it, especially after that last game last year when we could have clinched a playoff spot? And got absolutely roasted by that Buffalo it's, Bills. Team. And it's funny that that happened. That I think that happened to us in 2013 or 12. We had just we had to either beat the Jets or the Bills and go to the playoffs. And you know, with that those division games, they're pretty tough to win, especially when you're going up to Buffalo and stuff. It, it's, it's really hard. But I think that this is one of those um, games that they can change the narrative on the whole season, on themselves, on the coaching staff to get it get out to a two two zero lead out on the AFC East. You know what I mean? It shows a lot about the. It will show a lot about the team and and like give everybody a lot of confidence. You know, these are those these are those like you know organizational changing games that can that get us back on the top side of that. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you about that. That's that's good to know because uh, they beat the Patriots, they beat them in New England, they got the yeah. home opener against Buffalo, who loses to Pittsburgh. So you have an opportunity here to go up two nothing in your own division against the two top. You know, uh, with all due respect to the Jets, the two top yeah, the teams only, outside. Yeah. But um, so as a player, I mean, you played the Patriots, you played the Bills, you played the Jets. Obviously, you you, you, you took care of Mark Sanchez for us. Um, were the AFC East games, was there additional motivation from the player standpoint or was it another day at the office? Every game is kind of the same. My routine doesn't change. My, my mindset doesn't change. I'm going out there, you know, uh, to execute my game plan. Or was there just a little bit more when you're up against the Bills or you're up against the Patriots or the Jets? It's, it's, it was the it was a little bit more when you're playing the Patriots because, you know, everybody knows this one's going to be on TV. You want to do great against the, against the GOAT. Um, but then there's also that when you're playing the Bills and the Jets and you think that the people are calling you the same as them, but you're thinking you're way better than those guys. But then you also – but you still have to play them in the game. You know what I mean? Your thoughts can get a, get a hold of you in, in those games. And I think it's good that 
the Bills are doing well. The, the you know, I mean, they, everybody has like on an even playing field almost. So guys, guys can go up and show up to the game like they're supposed to, right-minded, and just do their 111th and get the job done. I think what Sam really wanted to ask you was, who did you hate the most? Because us as fans, we hate the Jets. Like, we hate the Jets fans. We hate the, the, the team is just usually worse than us. I hated, or not I, as good. I've always, I hated the Bills. Because I, like I, I, I hated their, their corner Florence. I hated that dude. Me and that dude would be a fist fight. Someone was in, in the hallways and they're walking back up to the thing. He was just one of them guys that got under my skin and I got into his. So what was he saying to you? What was he saying to you to make you go, oh, you know no, what, he, we're throwing I think hands? A, it was the week before he like flinched at Mark Sanchez and Mark Sanchez almost fell down. So he tried to do the same thing to me on the sideline and me and him were just in a damn fist fight on the side. And Coach, Coach, uh, Coach, uh, it was Coach Nolan. Coach Nolan had to grab me and be like, hey, you're not in the fucking streets no more. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but, For a minute I was. <laughs> yeah, I was there. He, he was. He was side to meet him there. But um yeah, but it's always but they they play tough and they're you know what I mean they're loud about it too and like they you know they're they're show off so it's fun to go up there and show out against guys that are tough nosed football players. Absolutely, I love that story. I love uh, I love seeing that there's a rivalry between the Dolphins players and the Bills players. I mean, one oh, yeah. of them, I, I'm a huge Bills hater. That me growing up in the '90s, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, all those guys, James Lofton, I, Pete Metzler. It, it made me a Cowboys fan. I hate them. I love. <laughs> I like the Cow- That's why I like the Cowboys. The there you go, because you knew they were going to handle the business in the Super Bowl against <laughs> exactly. the Bills. Absolutely. No, I just hate that team. I mean, the Patriots. They got you know they got a special place of hatred in my heart. I get it. Yeah. But for me, as a you know Jim Kelly, Marvel. Levy and that entire, I mean, Kent Hull, I know who their center is. I mean, I just have a target for all these guys because yeah. they ruined my childhood over and over and over again with this stupid run and shoot offense and everything else that they had going on, the K-Gun offense. But the um, it, it's good to see that rivalry there because sometimes I think it's really just the fans, right? And the way the fans interact with players these days, I wanted to get your take. I mean, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, you have all these different avenues that weren't really available to people like myself when I was growing up. But now you're playing in the league now, or even 10 years ago, Jimmy, and you've got a 12 year old punk that's just calling you out because you missed a tackle or somebody caught a pass on you. I mean, how, how much different is it in today's game than the nineties or even the early two thousands as a player? I mean, does I know, it go through your head on the yeah, field? I know, like, oh, I, know when I, I know when I was, I know when I was playing, it wasn't too cool to be in the media and doing all that stuff. But you know, also that also that slows down your career. That slows up your career too, because if you're not a fan favorite or you're not a guy out there that people are, are, are concerned about or people that just love just because of your attitude or whatever, you know, and that that stuff that stuff that prolongs you and that organizations look for and characters and guys. And um, I didn't know that as much as I did when I was younger, but now it all made, it makes so much sense. You know, what I mean, you gotta you gotta play your part, be professional, and this is a this is a game for the kids and and for everybody. So you have to. Um, you have to you embrace it, I guess. The new age now, being on TikTok and doing all that other stuff, maybe maybe slow it down for after the season. But you know, I have no problem with. It. I think I should go out there and try to get their money and do everything they can. Speaking of that, uh, we're both uh, former college players. What's your thoughts on the NIL and the uh, guys able to get paid for their likeness now in college? That's I don't I see now that now what do you do with that? Like do you cap that or you just let guys be superstars when they're seventeen years old? Like um. I don't know. I, I think it's good that you have you have you should have to pay some people um, money because these colleges are making a bunch of money off the kids' likenesses. So yeah, they deserve they deserve a paycheck. But you know where does that where does that go in with education and the whole thing? I'm not I'm not a lawyer or a doctor, so I can't I can't figure that stuff out. Yeah, it's a it's it it's. I think you need to do it. I think the way that it's a happy medium as to how you handle college athletes. But I mean, I think the quarterback for Alabama is getting over a million dollars a year in endorsements. Yeah. They haven't played yet. (laughs) Getting rich. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's a cap, right? Like you said, maybe maybe it's got to stop at you know a hundred thousand annually or something like that. Sounds just, like that. Just to you yeah. know, look, that's enough for a college kid right now. If you're going to go pro, that's where you earn your money because you're a pro. But yeah, how can uh, a coach tell you something when you're making more money than him? You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, you're making a million dollars a year. You know, <laughs> hanging out at the Kalispell, you know, Montana <laughs> yeah, exactly, car exactly. car sales dealership. You're not going to listen Mo, to coach. at the Mo Club hanging out, <laughs> getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking to Jimmy Wilson, former Miami Dolphins uh, defensive back here on the town of Perfectville. And Jimmy, I know you got to go because you're getting a round of golfing um, and you are. Uh, I didn't know this, but you you've mentioned to us that you are a, a pretty damn good golfer. And uh, oh, it's getting there. So what's I'm, your what's your best round? I'm breaking 80 now. So, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm 79, 78, my best. And it's, you know, it's, and it's continued. So I feel really good about that. No, I was going to say we're both in California. We should go golfing. But if you're breaking eighty, no, I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't hang with that. I'm. I'm going to be in a different card on now, a different hole. All that hole. stuff. All that stuff came from playing with the Dolphins too, because Mike. Uh, Mike Sano would would have like, you know, what I mean, uh, tournaments up in Jersey, and we and the whole team would fly out, and just the team camaraderie and being there, it made me get into golf. And um, it's been it's been almost a mental healer for me ever since I I've, since I haven't been playing in a while. Well, it keeps you, you know, as a, as a, I don't want to say former athlete, but you know, yeah. a former professional athlete, it's something that keeps you out there, keeps you active. Right. So I, it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. Uh, I got to tell you this quick story and then we got to get your prediction of this game against the Buffalo bills here on Sunday. But I, uh, I was in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida for a comedy show. And the next day after the show, I had time. So I went and got around to golf in and uh, I hit it in the water. And, uh, you know, being from California, we don't have this, but I was in Florida and stupidly me and my buddy go up and we, uh, we go to try to fish it out. (laughs) We didn't stick our hand in there, but we took a look and we saw the golf ball. And all of a sudden I saw a couple of little baby alligators, like little tiny alligators. And they were so cute, Jimmy. I was just looking at them. And then it dawned on us like a, like a, like a sitcom, right? Like, wait, if there's baby alligators here, mama bear somewhere. Mama's there. And all of a sudden we look yeah. over and we see bubbles coming up in the, in the water. And all of a sudden mama was there and she was about six, seven, eight feet long. I don't know. I, I'm going to say Ooh. it's a fish story. She was about 15 feet long. But, <laughs> and um, you know what? We took the drop and we just went to another area and, and played, uh, played the drop somewhere else. Cause I, I was yeah, like, hit, I'm out. I'm done. Hidden three, hidden three, save your arms. <laughs> Exactly. It was like, you know, I'm used to deer and maybe a squirrel here in California when I'm golfing. I'm not used to alligators. That was uh, that was a shit your pants moment for me. For sure. Well, you already yeah. had the warning from Jacoby Brissett, a.k.a. Chubbs Peterson. So you should know yeah. never put your hand in there. You're getting a wooden hand. Yeah. Yeah, have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Uh, our back <laughs> All in back? Yeah, exactly. But uh <laughs> Jimmy, before we let you go, um, because this has been a blast, but uh, we can't let you go without getting this on record. We need to know. Um, Miami Dolphins, 1-0, first place in the AFC East, home opener with a, a, a full crowd against the Buffalo Bills. Everyone has crowned the Buffalo Bills the champions of the AFC East this year. They lose to the Steelers week one. They're coming after the Miami Dolphins. They understand that they can't get to an 0-2 hole. Um, but feet to the fire here. Who wins this game and by how much between the Dolphins and the Bills? Well, like you said, they know they can't get to a 2-0 hole. I mean, 2-0, uh, 2-0 down, so they're going to be – Two picks thrown by by Josh, and you know, and our guys gonna pull it out. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 27, 23. We got, we got, we got them no problem. 27, 23. Dolphins over the Bills, and he's calling a shot, ladies and gentlemen. Two picks, two picks. From Josh one, Allen, one, 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 a clean one, and one to tip, and maybe to the house. So, well, I think I'm thinking so. So he's even going further, citizens of Perfect. He's saying a clean pick, and then he's saying one that's tipped and maybe goes to the house. So maybe yeah. seven of those 27 points comes from the defense, something Jimmy Wilson knows quite well. That's uh, right. 
Jimmy, what, what, anything else before you go? Anything else you want to mention to the fans? We've got uh, tons, tons of people that are listening to this right now. Uh, and just I, enjoying themselves. I just want to thank you guys. And I want to tell the fans out there that I love them and miss them to death. You know what I mean? Those are some of the best times of my life. You know what I mean? I was treated so well out there. And um, I've been to a few places after that. And there, there's no fans like the Miami fans. I got people in San Diego that come up to me, people's parents that come up to me and, and, and know me better than some people around here. So, you know what I mean? I, I was so blessed to play there. And, you know, I'm just happy. To, it's, it's good to be talking about the fins again, man. It feels good. It really does. It really does. Uh, we enjoy you being on here. Chris, anything else you want to say before we let Jimmy uh, get out there and start swinging a sub-80 golf round? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm happy to hit a 101. So uh, I'm, I'm never – and I, I use two mulligans per 18. So, no, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy's killing it on the football field and on the golf course. Thanks for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate, yeah, appreciate having you on. It was so much fun watching you play, your special teams ace. A safety. Uh, really appreciate it. Have a good golf game and go fence. Thank you very much. Go fence, baby. Patchvibes.com, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville everywhere. Unless you've been living under a rock, you have to know that Patchvibes.com is the place for all your Miami Dolphins needs. Shirts, tank tops, patches, stickers, hats, coffee mugs, coffee cups, traveler mugs, anything you can think of that you can slap some sort of creative, awesome logo on, patchvibes.com has you covered. They even have the Zubaz pants swim trunks, ladies and gentlemen. Patchvibes is absolutely killing it. And because they're killing it, and because they're friends of ours here at Welcome to Perfectville, they've given you the promo code PERFECT that you can put in at checkout with all your Patch Vibes needs and get yourself a sweet, sweet discount on everything in their store. So type in the promo code PERFECT on checkout and get yourself a discount on all that sweet, sweet merch. PatchVibes.com. And we're back here, Chris. Uh, two segments in the books. Jimmy Wilson letting it all hang out here in segment number two. Uh, how uh, could you see the joy that came on my face when he talked about wanting to fight Buffalo Bills players on the sidelines and just how much hatred he has? for the Buffalo Bills. It was like he was speaking to my inner child here, Chris, because you know I hate the Buffalo Bills more than any other franchise in the NFL. And uh, the fact that Jimmy Wilson, former defensive back for the Miami Dolphins, hates them as well, it just it warms the heart. You know when like women in middle school and high school love to hear a little gossip and they go, oh my God, really? He said that? That's how me and Sam just were as Jimmy Wilson was telling that story. Total excitement. Love hearing that they're on the sideline. They hate each other. Dude, he hate that guy. He didn't even hesitate to name hit that dude. Like he fucking hates that guy so much. And he said, I love how he, I love how he either saw it live or watched back because somebody said, Oh, he tried to do that shit last week. And I love perfectly that Mark Sanchez completely fell and got scared and he tried to do it to Jimmy and Jimmy's like, fuck you, dude. I don't back up. Let's go. And that's just like the greatest story. I love it. Reminds me of like Matt Barnes in the NBA when he tried to throw the ball at Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant didn't even flinch. Like, really, you're going to try that move on me. And poor Mark Sanchez. Nolan Carroll gets his first interception of his career against Mark Sanchez. As we discussed with Jimmy Wilson, he gets his first career sack against Mark Sanchez. And then later, it turns out Mark Sanchez is scared of people just kind of pretending to buck him like that. And he falls to his, uh, you know, falls to his death there. So, Mark Sanchez, I wish you were still in the league and not in the, in the broadcast booth because uh, you are the gift that keeps on giving to Miami Dolphins everywhere here, Chris. But enough about Mark Sanchez and the New York Jets. We'll talk about them later this season. It's time to talk about those Buffalo Bills. Put 15 minutes on the clock. Chris Collins, Sam Marcoux, welcome to Perfectville. Let's get into it. 
Week number two, Miami Dolphins 1-0 have their home opener to a capacity crowd here, Chris. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, who everybody has crowned as the champions of the AFC East coming into this season, lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. Uh, they scored, what, I think a measly 13, 14 points. The Miami Dolphins not only are 1-0 and and in first place in the AFC East, they're also the top point-scoring team in the AFC East. It was 17, a whopping 17. Uh, can't stop us. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have not beat them very often. In fact, in the Brian Flores era, we are O for Brian Flores so far against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, everyone remembers what the Buffalo Bills did to us in week 17 last year when I think the score was like 700 to 23. Uh, knocked us out of the playoffs, essentially, and uh, really put their foot on our necks. Uh, how do you see this one going? How do you see this one playing out? Where are we going here? Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, week number two. Oh man, this, I was happy to see them lose to the Steelers, but I was also shit because they are going to be pissed. They lose a home opener to Pittsburgh, a tough AFC team. Uh, Right now, all bets are off. Buffalo is coming in and they're looking at this as a must win game. You mentioned week 17 last year was not a must win game. Buffalo sat some starters and still stepped on our neck and ended our season. We are going to have to play nearly a perfect game to win this game at home. The crowd's going to help, sure. But like we mentioned in the first segment, Sam, got out unscathed or not unscathed. Mistakes here or there. Bent didn't break. No bending. Like we need to get a pass rush on Josh Allen because that's what the Steelers were able to do. And that's how we had success with Tom Brady in his prime is we were able to get pressure with four guys. T.J. Watt and those other guys, Melvin Ingram, who for some reason we did not sign because he looked awesome on Sunday, um, got pressure on Josh Allen. We're able to cover with seven, and that's what we're going to have to do. Jalen Phillips, Ogba, Wilkins, without Raekwon Davis now, as we mentioned, are going to have to step up because we have to send the house, send the blitz. Josh Allen will make us pay. Yeah, he really will. I mean, if you look at that New England Patriots game that we just talked about, outside of Emmanuel Ogba, who I thought played very, very well, uh, week one. And by the way, shout out to Xavier Howard already making us uh, look like the right guys to have him you know, restructure his contract with that forced fumble late in the game, which we didn't bring up in that review. But uh, outside of Emmanuel Ogba and uh, uh, just the defensive front, we didn't see a lot of pressure from the rest of the Miami Dolphins defense other than when we brought pressure. I mean, every now and then yeah. we'd have a cornerback blitz or a safety blitz. Obviously, Eric Rowe came in there and then had some stops and tackles for losses. Javon Holland did the same thing. But we didn't have it from the front seven outside of Emmanuel Akba. So we need somebody like Jalen Phillips. We need uh, Christian Wilkins, like you mentioned, uh, John Jenkins, the veteran here that really took the majority of Raekwon Davis's snaps once Raekwon Davis went down. Uh, one of those guys is going to have to step up. and They're going to have to create pressure outside of a blitz package from the Miami Dolphins. Now, that being said, I do think the Miami Dolphins are going to show more exotic blitz, blitz packages, um, you know, more stunts, more, uh, more swim moves in terms of the inside and, and trying to create some matchups on that offensive line. But if you bring extra people to get Josh Allen down, that means that somebody is most likely running free or close to free out there. And the Buffalo Bills have a lot of talent on that offensive side. Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders is like their third uh, third wide receiver. Cole Beasley, uh, assuming he doesn't get COVID, somehow figures out a way to get eight, nine, ten catches every single game in a PPR fantasy league. That guy's your guy. Um, they have a lot of talent. And then you've got some wide receivers and some tight ends that can catch the ball from them as well. So the Miami Dolphins have to be very, very careful with this Buffalo Bills offense who's going to be motivated. They're pissed off. They are looking at this like 
you know what, we can't go 0-2 and, and actually fall this far behind in the AFC, let alone the AFC East with the Miami Dolphins at 2-0 and and on the rise. So they're going to be motivated to come in here, spoil our home opener, very much like we did with the Patriots last week. It's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, we're going to have to pin our ears back a little bit more uh, with the defensive line. I think you're going to see a lot of man-to-man coverage. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones out on islands trying to take away Stephon Diggs, trying to take away Cole Beasley, trying to take away the outside targets for Josh Allen and force him to the middle of the field where you've got heavy hitters like Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, and those linebackers that can maybe put a shoulder pad or two on whoever it is that's trying to catch the ball. I think that's going to be the game plan. Islands out on the side and force Josh Allen to throw the ball, not run the ball, but throw the ball into the middle of the field. Yeah, that's the thing with Josh Allen, and it's the worst part is, is we have so much trouble with running quarterbacks, and this guy is one of the best in the NFL. It, they're, they're, they're motivated. Like you said, they're pissed off. They're 0-1. They cannot go 0-2, but so are we. If Brian Flores is smart, he's just playing highlights of Week 17 constantly through the locker room of just like all their big plays, of, of big hits, of them just throwing deep on us and completely shitting on our playoff uh, chances. Play that on repeat in the locker room and remind these guys, yeah, they're coming in off an 0-1 loss. This is our home opener. Okay, We're, Our crowd's going to be pumped up after a week one victory against the Patriots. We need to come out and be a little bit more electric on offense. I really love to spread it out with Wilson and now Fuller added to the mix and get those guys involved down the, down the seam. Mix in some more runs. We need to keep the ball here, even if it's with a Jalen Waddle on an option or a jet sweep. Keep the ball. Keep Josh Allen off the field and have an opportunity here. Now, it's going to be tough. You know, Pittsburgh's defense, and they needed a block punt to really seal that game and end it against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it was a low-scoring defensive battle in a Buffalo home game, which is a little surprising with their type of offense they have now. Pittsburgh's defense, is ours as good as theirs? We're going to find out. They have the highest-paid defensive player in T.J. Watt now who made an absolute stunning performance on Sunday with a sack fumble and I think I believe another sack, so two completely there. We have to have somebody step up here. Maybe it's even Zach Sealer or somebody like uh, Javon Holland making a couple blitzes and some turnovers, but we need to put our foot on the gas and not slow down or we do not have a chance in this game. No, I agree with you, and I think I agree with Jimmy Wilson that we're going to have to see some interceptions happen in this game in order for the Miami Dolphins to be successful. The Buffalo Bills are just better than the New England Patriots, you know, flat out. That's just that's just the math at this point. So you have to be better than what you were in week one in order to beat those Buffalo Bills. They're probably going to put more points up than 16. They're probably going to have a defensive scheme that's maybe even you know more robust than the Patriots, although the Patriots' defense is actually highly underrated. Uh, but I think we're going to have to – create the turnover machine again. And I think the Miami Dolphins now are what 23 consecutive games with a turnover, yeah. at least one. Uh, we've got to make it 24. We got to pick off Josh Allen. You know, he's got a fumbling problem. At least he did for a long time. Uh, maybe if we can get some pressure, we can knock that ball out. I mean, if you look at how the Miami Dolphins played against the Patriots, they were trying to get that ball out of the hands of the receivers and the ball carriers at all times. They were doing it without sacrificing, uh, you know, tackling technique. They were doing it the right way. So I think the Miami Dolphins are going to try to create some turnovers like they always do um, give the Tua Tunga Vailoa and the offense a short field, which speaking of the offense, Chris, what is the game plan? How do we beat this Buffalo Bills team from the offensive side of the ball? Is it something that Tua has to do? Is it something that the running game has to do? What is it? What is the X factor, so to speak, for the Miami Dolphins offense to get over the hump and beat the Buffalo Bills? You know, we keep talking about the Patriots reign is over and they were the top dogs. And then us three, Buffalo, New York, Miami, were the bottom feeders and lucky to even sniff a wild card. Now, if we're talking about the top is, is completely flipped. Now it's us, New England and Buffalo at the top, all fighting for position. It's time for Tua Tungo-Bailoa to step up and be that player. 
be that quarterback from Alabama, the guy that will drop 300 yards on the defense with three touchdowns. If he comes out and we're dinking Duncan again, and we're just like every once in a while throwing a deep here or there on like really uh, strategic deep throws, um, it's not going to get the job done. Like it's time for the, the swimmies to come off, so to speak. And for him to go into the deep end, because we're gonna, he's got no excuses now. We have Will Fuller back. Gasecki's going to be involved. Uh, Gaskins really bought in, and uh, even Ahmed looked great. Parker and Waddle got the, got their taste, and now week one's out of the way. Waddle's played an NFL game. That's out of there. No more excuses. We have to go out shot for shot and be an explosive offense and forces them to back their defense up and fear that so we can start hitting crossers, slants, and draw plays up the middle. Until then, they're going to just keep playing up and uh, not trusting that he's going to throw it deep and take those risks. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the day that a sluggo rant is uh, a sluggo uh, route is there for the Miami Dolphins. Devontae Parker going in on the slant and then just all of a sudden turns it up because a safety or somebody jumps that route going, oh, we've seen this time and time again from the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be a short slant. And all of a sudden, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, or somebody else is going to be wide open. I'm very interested to see what Will Fuller does for this Miami Dolphins offense um, because you do have Jalen Waddle, who uh, I think already proved himself as a, as a nice rookie. Uh, by the way, shout out to Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith also proving themselves week one for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they also had really good rookie campaigns here for the first week of their NFL career. But Jalen Waddle, I think, is a threat. I think he has to be focused in on if you're the Buffalo Bills defense. And then, oh, by the way, Devontae Parker, four for 81 yards. He's back to what he can do best, which is 50-50 balls, use his body to, to, to get positioning on those slant routes and move the chains when you need to move those chains. Uh, Will Fuller coming in? Man, uh, just having a guy run fast down the seam is going to be uh, very interesting to see what we can do with that wrinkle to this offense. And oh, by the way, Mike Gesicki, uh, who I want to talk about at the end of this segment, but Mike Gesicki only played 21 snaps against the New England Patriots, mainly because we had to have max protection and we had our Durham Smites in. We had the big boys in uh, to, uh, to basically help protect because we didn't have Austin Jackson, which we do. Oswell now playing left tackle again. And then um, that's going to allow Mike Kosicki to be a bigger part of this offense. I feel he only had one target for no catches against the New England Patriots. I expect that to go up against the Buffalo bills as we get Austin Jackson back for our left tackle. I think, I, I think you're right. We don't have the running game. That's going to be a ground and pound drive at three yards in a cloud of dust and win this game. We just don't have that. We are going to have to match their firepower with our own firepower. We're going to have to take some chances down the field. That might mean an interception. That might mean a couple of incomplete passes and foregoing a first down to try to get the touchdown. I'm okay with that. We have to do what we can do to beat the Buffalo Bills because we haven't done it in so long, Chris, that I'm jonesing. I'm going to go fight a Buffalo Bills player just like Jimmy Wilson at this point. Like I'm so mad. We have to beat these guys. Um, Gun to your head, final score prediction. Chris Cullen, how do you see this one coming together? Uh, Will Fuller back. I just looked up while you're on your on your good uh, rampage there, buddy. Uh, the weather in Miami Sunday, high of 88, 89 with 80% humidity. Ooh. That might be that home field advantage for us down in Miami with a loud crowd. Will Fuller back, one game under all the rookies and young guys' belts. But – we're one in seven in our last eight games. Flores has never beat the Buffalo Bills until they fucking show me. Otherwise, I'm going 28-21 Buffalo. 28-21. Chris Cullen is a traitor, ladies and gentlemen. He takes the Buffalo Bills, spoiling the home opener 
for the Miami Dolphins in week two. Uh, but I understand the logic. I mean, if you're in Vegas, if you're in Atlantic City and you're playing roulette and you keep seeing it hit red, 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 one of the strategies is to say, I'm going to keep hitting red until it shows otherwise. And if you look at the Buffalo Bills, they are red. They keep beating the Miami Dolphins. They keep beating Brian Flores. They keep winning against this Miami Dolphins franchise. So I can understand the logic of Chris Cullen saying, prove it to me. Show me that you can beat them, and then I'll start putting money down on the other color here. Uh, but the other strategy here, Chris, when you're playing roulette, is to play the odds and go, you know what? It's hitting red so often that ultimately it's got to hit black. It's got to hit black, and I'm going to put all my chips on, on, the, on black so that we can actually cash in. And I think this is a game for the Miami Dolphins to cash in here, Chris. 0-4 in the Brian Flores era. 2-0 in the division is on the line. This is a big game early in the season. We will look back at this game at the end of the season and regardless of the outcome, say that changed our season one way or the other. The Miami Dolphins players that have been on the show the last couple of weeks here, Chris, have talked about the fact that they don't get respect when you play for the Miami Dolphins. And that's mainly because we didn't win enough. Jimmy Wilson told us off the air, you win more games, that respect will come. And you know what? I think this is one of those games where respect starts to be put on the Miami Dolphins' name. I think Tua Tungavailoa comes out and plays a solid game. I think we're looking at 200 to 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to shrink in that humidity, in that heat, in Miami with that crowd. We're going to put them in the dark blues, I hope. And we're just going to let them run themselves ragged here in the third and fourth quarter. I'm excited to see the Miami Dolphins walk out of this game 2-0, 2-0 in the division, 2-0 in the conference, 2-0 in the NFL, because I think they're going to win this game here, Chris, and I think they're going to win 24-17. to 17. How about them, Apples? What do you think about that? 24-17. So Buffalo, two weeks in a row, only scoring two touchdowns with a high-powered offense and Josh Allen. That'll change a national uh, attention to, towards us and away from them and saying, hey, guys, hold on. Should we be paying attention to that team in Aqua and Orange in Miami? Uh, the heat will be a factor. It always is, especially these AFC East opponents early in September. Uh, Sam, believe me, this is one of the first times I hope you, I'm wrong and I hope you're right. But I'm just really kind of we've been doing this a long time now, Sam, and I've been super uber optimistic and I've been completely burned by this Miami Dolphins team. So you know what? It's time to start gun to my head. Like you said, I'm still going red. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Had you picked the Dolphins, I was actually going to pick the Bills. But uh, since you went Bills, I was like, you know what? It'll be good radio. I'm going to take the Dolphins so that we have something to talk about next week. One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong. Unless, like, sometimes that happens in roulette. It turns out to be a fucking tie because it lands on, you know, zero or double Please zero. Don't say that. Yeah. And here's but, the uh, thing. Here's the thing. It, this is where the Dolphins, Jimmy Wilson and, and uh, Nolan Carroll, just what you said, Sam, we're huge Miami Dolphins fans. No one will ever question that. We've been doing this very long time. We've been there through the worst years to best years. But you literally said, I'm going to pick Miami because it's good radio. Hopefully soon this franchise starts having us pick the Miami Dolphins because they're a good fucking team. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Cullen's got the Buffalo Bills. Sam Marcoux and Jimmy Wilson have the Miami Dolphins in this game here. Week number two, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. And that really is kind of the end of this show here, Chris. But I do have one thing, just a small segment, not a full-blown segment, but we have to talk about the okayest fantasy league ever and just what happened. I, uh, I, I don't want to talk about the game because I just got my ass handed to me in my own league. Uh, how did you fare the okayest fantasy league ever? Later. <laughs> so he's that, he's that good i don't even want to talk about it Owen one got my absolute shit kicked in lamar jackson got me like 18 points 
Um, he had Russell Wilson, I think, or Kyler Murray were just unbelievable against me. And, you know, I just don't want to talk about it, Sam. Well, I don't want to talk about that either, but we do have to talk about something here, and that is the all fantasy all star of the week and the fantasy asshole of the week. I'm going to go with the uh, the, the all star. Why don't you go ahead and go with the the asshole? I'll go first. Fantasy all star of the week, and I hate to say it, but I have to say it goes to Tom freaking Brady. Tom Brady, uh, forty seven thousand years old, Thursday night football, and dials it up yet again, killing. The Dallas Cowboys, I think he had four touchdowns in that game here, Chris, uh, doesn't look any younger than he did or any older than he did when he came to the league, you know, 37 years ago. Tom Brady, fantasy all-star of the week. Who is the fantasy asshole of the week, Chris? Oh, well, I'll keep it nice and close. And his name has been mentioned a couple of times. And it's from Penn State, Mike Gisicki starting against uh for i think three of my five fantasy teams i had mike gusecki he was like a steal for me he's gonna be so you know contract year he's gonna be so involved the patriots are gonna take away waddle parker he's gonna be wide open over the middle zero points an absolute goose egg and the funniest thing is yahoo always sends you those uh uh, recaps at the end and they literally said um you lost it might it might have helped if one of your starters didn't lay a goose egg and it was mike Kiseki. so uh yeah thanks so much for that mike uh, hopefully this is uh no we're gonna go but up but fantasy asshole of the week is mr camp block mike Kiseki. <laughs> mike Kiseki, am i right well hopefully he's better against the buffalo bills because i have the same thing in most of my leagues i have him as my tight end and i was just telling everybody Check out his numbers, huh? Watch this. Wait for it. Wait for it. And well, here we are still waiting. So fantasy all-star Tom Brady, fantasy asshole Mike Kosicki. Um, Chris, that about wraps her up for this very special edition of Welcome to Perfect Bill. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it. Go Dolphins. Pins up. That's it. Well, on behalf of Chris Cullen and myself and everyone at the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag, special thanks to Jimmy Wilson. Only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.